1: We're here. What up everybody, welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. By now, you know I'm Kel Dansby, here with the old man Andreas Hale, and today's podcast is being brought to you by Untuck It, the original button-down shirt Designed to be worn, untucked. This week, of course, we're kicking off our shows with The Boxing Show. And covered a ton of boxing over the weekend. Dre, I know you watched a ton. But before we dive into the sweet science, we have to talk about some foolery. And I feel like this is deja vu. It might be Groundhog's Day because I looked at your timeline today and there's still people defending Robert Sylvester Kelly.
2: You gotta say his name is full, man. He's a criminal, Robert Sylvester Kelly. Yeah, man. I mean, dog. Uh, we're recording this show, and somebody on my timeline said that I don't have like I'm condemning Robert Sylvester Kelly, and I don't have that same energy for Sergey Kovalev and the things that he done. What, dog? Like, how do you compare R. Kelly, who has had thirty years of defiling minors, peeing on them? And various other things, because the other thing they don't talk about is like the abuse and everything else, which I'm sure we're about to talk about this documentary. How do you compare him to Sergey Kovalev? Yes, what Sergey did, what allegedly did, legal term, was wrong, and his dude said the same thing about Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah, that's that's wrong, but compared to R. Kelly, and to be clear, I've written about what Kovalev did. The De La Hoya stuff has been allegations, and nothing's really stuck was like, it's because you work for The Zone. No, it has nothing to do with that. Like, those allegations are, like, two years old, and allegedly somebody, you know, they got cleaned up. I don't know what's going on with Oscar.
1: But Robert Sylvester Kelly, that's a goddamn criminal. It's like the episode of The Boondocks. One, The Boondocks is about to be raised to Simpsons' level of accuracy. (laughs) Way ahead of its time, everything is coming true. But I can't... It's like... People want to give the guy an out. And this guy isn't necessarily, the guy on your timeline specifically, isn't necessarily saying like, yo, he didn't do it or he's not a horrible person. But yet he's like, so why don't you talk about this? That's the weakest defense ever.
2: Ever.
1: Like, yo, they're wrong. But why aren't you talking about the million other people who are wrong? Shut up. They're all wrong. I feel like talking about this one. Problem solved. And end of your discussion. There's nothing after that. Yeah, they're all wrong. They're probably all fucked up. You know what? They're all allegations. They're all everything. I can judge however I want to judge. They're all kind of fucking weird. But you know what? This guy takes the cake. It's okay to have varying degrees of stuff. And he is the highest level of asshole. That's fine. I, I don't know why this guy is keeping up for him. And especially, especially on a week... Where we just got hit with part two of the documentary. And it might be even worse than the first one. Man, that you know what? I watched that the
2: set, part two and I was like, ah. When I first saw it, I was like, why are they doing the part two? Do we really need a part two? And I know Dream Hampton. I went on a speaking tour with her a long time ago. Um, and she's been very strong about this subject. Like when I when we did the speaking tour in like 2010. So I've known her for a long time. And uh we haven't talked in a while but i know when when this came to fruition i was like yo because people like she's doing it for the money i'm like nah dream is serious about this stuff so when there was a part two i was still like man did you know did they say you have to do this to get more money like i was trying to figure out why what else needed to be told then i watched it and i was like yo this is bad (laughs) yo this is this is bad like like part one was bad enough, but then part two, which digs into the 30 year history of it and goes through the victims and then kind of brings you up to speed. And again, like the one thing they never really, we talk about like him peeing on girls and we talk about, we talk about, <laughs> we talk about like, the sauna video and we talk about the parents, but we don't talk as much about the physical violence that R. Kelly w- did with these young girls. Like He was beating them up. Oh like, yeah. Em- emotionally and physically. Like this dude is a monster. Not, and people were like, allegedly, listen, I know a little bit about this, more about this than some people because I've had people in Chicago who have told me a lot of these stories. And the, none of these people knew each other but had the similar stories about R. Kelly pulling up to high schools, R. Kelly like, dating their cousin, R. Ke- like just different R. Kelly stories. And I'm like, whether well, there's smoke, there's fire. And especially if there's 30 years of smoke, God damn it, there's a fire. This shit was rough. It was rough to watch. The
1: hairdresser story, that was awful oh, that was the worst, like with the ponytails. And I, I don't understand, and, and this, it's weird because I watch these documentaries, right? And I like the, you know, making a murder things and I uh, can't wait for the Aaron Hernandez one. And these are to a degree meant to give you a glimpse into the mind of these messed up people. The more I watch the R. Kelly documentary, the more confused I get by what actually his problem is. Like, the man is a horrible human being on, like, 18 different levels. First it was children. Now it's damn near any woman put around him. He messed up and beat up his wife. He did so many different things. Like, how can you go so wrong? His boys were on, or his brothers were on camera saying he was secretly filming them. Like, it was a (laughs) joke. crazy. Yo, there's so many deep levels of he was just so fucked up in so many facets that my mind was exploding. Uh, I mean, don't the only thing he's good at is singing. Everything else, he's a horrible person. Yeah, in every a- other measure of life.
2: Yo, he's even a terrible like songwriter. Have you heard Zeus Sex? Like, yo, he's made some reading, you know? <laughs> Dog, he's made like people talk about R. Kelly and all the great songs he's made, but if you go through like the last like 15 years of his music it, there's some really really cringy songs out there and he writes like a, a child But like, you know what i almost forgot about that like him talking about his brothers and then well his brothers talking and his one brother was like take the fall for me and i'll buy you a car yo, yo. <laughs> you want me to do like federal charges and take the fall for you and then, I can, then you're gonna buy me a car that i have to drive when i get out of prison which might be never dog what kind of shit is that I, yeah, you know he's what? Bugging. It, it's, it's the crazy thing about it is like people are like, oh, these girls lying. Yo, I'm sorry, man. I can't imagine all these women are lying. All of them. Again, it's not like one or two. It's not like three or four. It's not even five or six. It's like it's this is like LeBron when he gave the speech when he went to the Heat. Not one. Not two. Not three. <laughs> it, this is like 19. Like there's so many different girls that are now women. I don't. They're not all lying. Like there may. There's always maybe an outlier. There could be, like, one or two that weren't as, you know, they weren't even in the ma- whatever. Like like the hairdresser. Yeah, it's possible that one or two are lying. But to say, like, 17 to 20 subjects are lying, why? Oh, no, no. Come on, man.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't mean the hairdresser was lying. I thought you were just saying outlier. Like, yeah, no, like she's older. No, no, no. no, no the, her story seemed legit. But, yeah, no, maybe a couple of them are lying. Maybe a couple of them want some clout right yeah, there could be some embellishment but come they, on man and you know what i'm not even going to hold that against them cuz i know a few people and i'm not comparing you know situations situations but i know a few people that have been victims of assault either sexually or whatever growing up and when they were children and you know what some of the shit they don't remember some stuff is a bit fuzzy that's what happens when someone abuses you for a long period of time you know the the minute details might get a little mixed around you think it's a Tuesday, that shit was really Friday through Sunday. Like, these things happen. So I'm not even blaming the people on the documentary about that. Like, yeah, everything doesn't have to be spot on. But you know what? Normal human beings aren't accused by 50 women of doing something.
2: Not nah, Even like Bill Cosby, Like people are like, yo, there's too many women. No, there's not too many women. Again, this could be like one or two or three. They want the clout or they embellish their story a little bit. But when it's like this legion of women coming out and saying things, at a certain point, you're just like, well, fuck. Because it's not like, R. Kelly has never really denied this. I mean, there is a marriage certificate with Aaliyah. You can't deny that. There is, like, the girl was underage in the video. You can't deny that. You can't, like, these things you can't deny. Like, the you may be able to argue, like, physical abuse and be like, well, I didn't kick her ass that bad. You still kicked her ass. And... The the emotional tax and then like the new girls too that were that that were, you know, living at the Trump Tower and a couple of them left and a couple of them haven't. Man, I don't know. These documentaries, I'll say this, they were they're well done, first of all, from a viewing Mm -hmm. perspective. They're well done and they're engaging. And they have so much information because it's just not, it's not like the Finding Neverland documentary, the Michael Jackson one, where it's just two dudes just like telling their story and there's really like no corroboration of their timeline. Like there was a lot of research done for these, these documentaries. And I don't know, man. Like somebody told me today that I was, um, what, is, what they call me? Ignorant for believing
1: this scripted documentary, scripted documentary. What? Come on, man. Y'all gotta chill. Stop. What does he want them to go on Snapchat and tell this whole story? <laughs> man, I don't, dog, I don't know. I, my, I, I'm flabbergasted because it's like, y'all,
2: why do you invest so much in defending R. Kelly? At a certain point, it's
1: just like, I'm good.
2: I, I ain't defending this no more.
1: Yeah, the music ain't that good. Nah, like, man. Let's be real. He ain't cutting you a check, and the music ain't that good. I, everyone likes "Step in the Name of Love." You know, everyone likes an occasional best of both worlds with Jay-Z. I get you, but it ain't that good where you got to defend him tooth and nail. Like, it, his brother stopped defending him. I think it's okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, y'all got to chill. So, the other thing is, I know I know, I saw a lot of it, like, a lot of blame went to the parents, right? Some people yeah. say they sold out their kids and all that. I have an opinion, because I think it kind of goes both ways, because... A lot of people blame parents that don't have kids, right? And some of these kids were grown, and grown in the sense that you know they were like 16 and they were making their own decisions. And I think a lot of people know when you're a teenager, you're kind of hard to reel in. But as a parent, yeah. you should still reel them in. So I think that they, it, it's hard to place 100% blame. But I think the my bigger issue is as a parent, my daughter comes to me as like I'm going to R. Kelly concert. That's it. Right. Nope. Nope. We ain't. Dog, we ain't getting that far. That's my biggest <laughs> blame on the parents. Is like, it's like I'm going to an R, and then she's like, Daddy, why am I like handcuffed to the radiator? And y'all call that abuse, but my child will not be going to an R Kelly concert. Never. Nope. Never. There's dog. We're, they, we're not doing that.
1: We're not. There was not. multiple signs, and I I agree with you. Like, it's not their fault, but there is some. Parts of it where they probably let it get too far and couldn't reel it back in. By letting, and, let them go to this goddamn R. Kelly concert. Yeah, starts. and then when the girl was like, oh, well, yeah, you know, R. Kelly thought I could really sing. And they're like, oh, or the hairdressers family. It was like, oh, she's doing R. Kelly's hair. Look at She made it. No, <laughs> stop. Nope. I'd rather be broke. I don't care about fame that much. Nope. Yeah, your voice is beautiful. Sing for someone else. Eventually... They have to realize that, you know what? They let it go a little too far and it got away from them. But to go three years without hearing from your child, I don't care if she's 19, 20, 21, 22, three years, nah. Nope. Not when I know where you live. I'm catching a kidnapping charge. You got to. Because I'm I'm knocking down your door, taking you. R. Kelly got to shoot me at this point. Because if anything... I ain't going to hurt that man because you got a lot of lawyers. Whatever, whatever. We handle that in a different way. But I'm definitely snatching her up. My daughter, what? Real quick. Boom. Kick down the door. Snatch her up. We in the elevator. Have the car ready downstairs. Light work. So I I don't know. Like watching the family go up to the hotel room door and knock gently. And oh, nah. Shout out to the one mom who did go in there and snatch her daughter up. But then let her daughter go back like three weeks later. I don't know. There's, there's levels of grownness, and I feel like anywhere under 25, as a parent, you still tell your kid, like, nah, get the hell out of here, come home. It's like college age. Nope. You ain't making decisions like that, like that. So, I, I don't know. It was crazy, crazy to watch. I feel like they could have part five of this, and I would watch it. He has that much going on, and if he beats it, there'll definitely be a part five. He ain't beating this.
2: Nope. <laughs> ain't. And look, man. Oh, you know, one more thing. You know what else like really bothered me about this documentary was the white woman who was the publicist who was like, I don't believe oh, all these black
1: girls. I'm yeah, like, Yo. she's still on payroll.
2: Like one. Yeah. You're on payroll. And it's like, I oh, Kelly, you dirty motherfucker. Like you got a white woman out here, like <laughs> trashing black women for real for it. Re- Cause a- again, let's flip it a little bit. I said that I said this on the show a while ago. And some people are not going to agree with me. I don't care. If it wasn't like LaShonda and, you know, Latrice and it was like Susie, R. Kelly would have been, first of all, he'd been hung somewhere. We wouldn't even got to court. We wouldn't have, We wouldn't need a documentary because it would have been over. If this was a bunch yeah. of little white girls, like not white women. I'm talking about little white girls because there's no such thing in white America as little black girls. They don't treat them the same way. They treat them like they're grown. But little white girls? They're precious, and I guarantee you that white publishers wouldn't have been on board for none of that shit. How dare you talk about black women like that? I should punch you in the mouth, but I, I don't do that <laughs> stuff. My wife would do that for me.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you got to let the wife just real quick. Come on, man. If she go to law school. She'll beat the case.
0: That's
2: something.
1: <laughs> just just got to stop her real, real quick one time. Um, all right, so before we continue going, uh, we're going to touch on boxing real quick with Wrapping up this whole R. Kelly thing. On the record, you say he doesn't beat this. No. I'm going to say I can see a world where he finds some technicality and gets out on this shit. I don't see it. That new, t- that new tape has to be real. Because some- I don't think they're going to catch him for the abuse, the blah, blah, blah. They're going to discredit the women. He has enough women still there to say, no, this didn't happen. There's too many crazy stories. They signed documents. All that shit could probably be thrown out. And uh, he you know gets away around that. There has to be a new tape with him with an underage girl for this to stick, in my opinion. And I'm not sure if they have that. People say they have it. Not sure if they have it. So, on my, I wouldn't be surprised if he beat it. Damn sure don't want him to beat it, but I wouldn't be surprised. So, I just wanted to end it on that. Hey, man, uh, before we
2: get into all this boxes stuff, Cal, uh, have you ever seen an untucked button-down? I mean, they look bad. And why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's untucked. The original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your shape or size, untucked shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length.
1: You know what? With more than 50 combinations, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, athletic guys of all ages you know i'm not one for dressing up i usually rock the jeans with my shirt so untuckets are perfect for me because i'm not trying to go full suit to these events we're trying to be ringside i'm trying to look dope i'm trying to have the fly kicks on and i'm not trying to be all scruffy on media row so untuckets are perfect for me you can choose from styles like wrinkle-free button downs super soft flannels outerwear and more with untucket your shirt will never look baggy bulgy too long or too big ever again and the website is super easy to use even with a whole page devoted to help you find your fit man so whether you're shopping
2: for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuckit is the way to go. Visit Untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Man, let's get back to the boxing.
1: Alright, so we're back to the boxing and... This weekend ton of stuff happened in the world of boxing. Clarissa Shields kicked it off though on Friday and we talked about this whole R. Kelly thing and how Twitter is kind of weird about that and people still defending him. The other thing I saw on Twitter is people are really weird about Clarissa Shields.
2: No, they ain't weird, man. You remember what I just said about like America doesn't like like black girls? Like Clarissa Shields is like she's a young black woman and she's getting all this hate. Which is beyond me because she's the fastest to ever win, uh, be a world champion in three divisions, beating Vasily Lomachenko by beating has-been handily again. And people are like, well, there's not that much competition. Well, if there wasn't, why didn't anybody else do it? Bingo. (laughs) She did it, right? Like, you got to give the woman credit for doing a two-time Olympic gold medalist, the only person to ever do that, male or female. And then she's the fastest to winning world titles in three different weight classes. Give her some credit. And they're like, she's arrogant. She's cocky. Listen, man if i'm that good i'm gonna do the same shit i don't i just don't get it like they they talk about um uh Bashir getting punched in the face by a brother right listen i i want to speak on that real quick because there's people like ah she she knew she knew listen if my family i don't even have like a family like that but if y'all are rolling with me and i'm trying to weigh in for a fight and somebody's talking shit to like my sister i don't have a sister my sister-in-law is like talking in her trainers talking bad. And I'm like, yo, chill, 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 chill. And my brother-in-law socks him in the face while I'm trying to weigh in. I may not be aware of what exactly happened. All I know is it's chaos and I can't control those people that groan. Bashir should have shut the fuck up is what he should have <laughs> done. First of all, I'm not saying getting punched in the mouth is what he deserved, but you got to take a little bit of responsibility when you're talking, like when you talk about physically handling a woman, and then you catch these hands, you got to accept the repercussions. And to blame Clarissa Shields for all that, that was foul. But now it's like, but the people that blamed her never liked her in the first place. That's my yeah. issue. And it's like, why don't y'all like Clarissa? She talks shit, or she's a pillow puncher. Dog, They're fighting two-minute rounds. Like, nobody's really getting knocked out. Have you watched women boxing before? Women aren't getting knocked out like that. It just Why happen. are their
1: gloves so big? Right? Like, it's- can we... There's a few changes that I just need to make to women's boxing. I need them to have... 12, 12 rounds for a title fights. I need them to have three-minute rounds that you just touched on. And I need them to have slightly smaller gloves so they don't look like rock'em, sock'em robots. They look like Mickey Mouse. You know, like the Mickey Mouse hands? It looks like you fight with Mickey yeah, Mouse hands. Like, That's not cool. No, their hands, some of them, are a little smaller than men's hands. You know what? Give them a little smaller glove. Can we go two ounces down? And then we'll see some excitement. Like... You can't blame the women fighting, because there's talented women fighting. You can't blame them for the lack of interest and excitement around the sport if you are handicapping them with your rule set. Then you just never want the sport to grow. Pretty much. It's time to like re-examine, like, no, this is what should be the case for women. They're not going to be you know, damaged more than they are being already. You're you're pretty much saying women aren't equal to men by having these rules. Men get punched in the face for 36 minutes. Women can only be punched in the face for 24, 20. It's a 10 minute rounds. 20 minutes, because that's all a, a precious little woman can take.
2: Uh, watch the fight again, right? Like anybody who watched fight, Clarissa had her hurt several times in that fight, and she only like had 10 seconds to do anything about it. Because, like, every round, nobody just goes ball to the, balls to the wall when the bell rings. It takes, like, 10, 15 seconds to start feeling stuff out. So now you only have a minute and 45 seconds left. And then Clarissa, she's a boxer, so she shoots a jab, does her thing. And happens in she didn't want no parts of it, so she was, like, clinching and trying to close the distance, but didn't know what the hell she was doing. Clearly, she's just not on Clarissa's level. But then, like, Clarissa would hit her with a body shot or a right hand, and then you look up at the clock, and, it's, and you hear it's, like, the 10 seconds left. They need three minutes to work. There's no way Clarissa's knocking people out. Like, imagine... Most of your favorite fighters aren't knocking people out in too many rounds, right? Nope. They just don't have great knockout ratios. So we need to chill on this. But again, man, I just don't like America's just got an issue with black women. The same people that don't like Clarissa Shields, I, I guarantee you about half of them don't like Serena Williams either.
1: I mean, that's fair. I would, I would probably agree with that. Um, I posted a video of Clarissa Shields doing her Beyonce entrance. Which was dope. Super dope. Got tons of traction. A lot of support. But even in our comment section, a ton of people saying, oh, that man sure can dance. Wow. Or, oh, are they allowing, it's like, oh, they're allowing Joanna Man to fight? Like, stupid shit like that. Yo, somebody said that? Yeah, dead ass. In like, the comment section. Again, I'm
2: not surprised. I should have blocked him. <laughs> I'm not surprised, but I'm appalled. I'm always appalled, never
1: surprised. That one, Joanna Man? Word. Juana Man yeah oh, so I'm just like come on like and it was a black dude damn shame I really should have blocked him yes. um a lot of a lot of the hate was coming from black dudes y'all i I'd say eighty percent were coming from black guys you know let me also seventy five percent I want to be clear about this
2: also because I'm glad you brought that up black men are a lot of not all black men. But there is a segment of black men who are just as bad, if not worse, or harsher on black women than every other culture is. I've never seen a culture, like a, a race of people that are as hard on their women as some African-American men are. And it's bizarre to me. Like when you say that, it's like, I've you know, if you go on Facebook, which is like a cesspool of ignorance as well, and you can put a face <laughs> to it because these are like people you know. And it's like Twitter's a little bit different because people can hide behind like accounts. Like, I always see a conversation about like, why don't black men date black women? And there's like this legion of African American men like trashing black women instead of saying, I just have a preference. Or you know, not even that. It was like, I love who I love. And I still love black women. But it becomes this whole like, black women are this. It's like pointing fingers like, yo, relax. Like, your mom was a black woman. Chill out. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's crazy so like like trashing clarissa shields and seeing that coming from black men that's disgusting man it's gross
1: yeah man i i couldn't pinpoint it um i i try to stay personally out of those conversations on social media just because i don't like to get mad on social media it's not my thing um and i feel like i would be setting myself up for someone to be real stupid And be like, well, you're married to a white woman. And then I don't got enough time in the day to explain and offer them the verbal fade. Mm. So, but anyone who listens to this show and knows me, that yes, I I love who I love. But in the same regard, I have all three of my children with a black woman had married a black woman first uh, in my first marriage. There's no type of bias. I love my wife now. Uh, me and my kids' mom are now cool, despite what happened and what I said on the podcast like four years ago. <laughs> uh, we have we have grown since then. And, uh, yeah, no, black women are amazing. Women are amazing. And when women do something dope like Clarissa Shields does, it should be celebrated. And I was talking to someone at ESPN uh, two days ago when I, pro- I did a pre-fight post about Clarissa. And she gave a Deontay Wilder quote that was dope. Put it out there, I loved it. And people were hating in the comments then. And uh, they looked at me and it was a white dude that I work with. And he was like, Yo, why do people hate Clarissa Shields? And I was he was like, Is it because, you know, she's a woman and you know, a woman boxer and oh, this is what it was. It wasn't the wilder quote, it was when she was talking about challenging Amanda Nunez and they said, Why do MMA fans hate Clarissa Shields? Is it because she's a woman boxer? And I said, no, they loved Holly Holm. They were rooting for Holly Holm to beat Ronda Rousey as soon as she signed to the UFC. It's not because she's a woman boxer. It's because she's a black woman. And they were like, oh, mm-hmm. you're right. <laughs> and that was the end of the conversation. There is no other explanation. No. It's, it's, so it makes it makes no sense. She is setting records. She has nine belts in 10 fights. She's 24 years old. I, I can't
2: call it, dog.
1: It just makes me... I worry. don't know. It, it,
2: like it legitimately gets under my skin and then the cool thing was like watching that fight and you see like terrence crawford and like andre like everybody was there to support her yep. the they walked her belts out yeah no, and a lot of that didn't get filmed which was weird because they were all there yep. and i'm just looking at it like man like we're getting behind this it's like it's it's great to see this like if you don't like her just shut the fuck up I don't know why that's so hard. Like, If you don't like her, like, why do you have to go to social media and just say disparaging things about her? If that's your personal preference, that you don't like her because of how she looks or whatever it is, there's just tasteful ways to go about it. I just don't think you have to trash her because she's a good fighter. She's undefeated for a reason. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Y'all, y'all got to chill, man. Again, if it was so easy and the competition was so whack, why hasn't anybody else done it? Layla Lee didn't do it. Um... Lucia Riker didn't do it. Christy Martin didn't do it. You look at the current crop of women. They haven't done it. This one has in nine fights. Ten fights? Nine fights? What is it?
1: Uh, ten fights total. Ten
2: fights. Ten fights. But she's done it. Give her some credit. Cut it out, man. And y'all be and y'all be the first ones to go out there and talk about how much you love Conor Goddamn McGregor.
1: All the time. We're going to talk about that on an MMA episode. But all the time, regardless of what he does... But Clarissa Shields, no, she's not good enough. No, she talks too much trash. Deontay Wilder's fine now, though. To, to me, it's the same concept. Like, I, I remember when Deontay Wilder was kind of hated. Yeah. And then people turned over on him. Hopefully, they do the same for Clarissa. But now she's, like we touched on, she's talking about trying to hand an MMA. And it's like, one, I think she could be good at it. She's 24. She's 24 with an Olympic background in anything is pretty good. Like, you look at Kayla Harrison, she's 24, Olympic judo, she's damn near untouchable in PFL. Clarissa Shields can do something of the same, because her hands are just sick. If they teach her how to sprawl, every other woman's in trouble. So, at 24, I can see a transition being made, but should it, should she have to? There should be enough money in boxing. MMA stars... Men MMA stars wish and pray to get a boxing match so they can make as much money in a night as Adrian Broner. Because that's their career earnings. And you're telling me that Clarissa Shields has to go to MMA to make money? A sport where men are begging to go to boxing? There's enough money there for her. There's enough marketing power. There's enough sustainability to make her the face of that side of the sport can't tell me any different. So her going to MMA would be a waste. And again, I've seen the responses from MMA fans towards her. We've seen a lot of women's MMA, right? We've come a long way since Dana said women will never fight in the UFC. Since he said some really messed up things about Chris Cyborg. We, we've come a long way since then. We haven't seen a strong, let's be real, dark-skinned black woman. And that shit scares a lot of people. Oh, yeah. All right.
2: So there's, there's two things. One, let's talk about the Clarissa Shields dilemma where it comes to money. And then we'll talk about the MMA part. The biggest issue for Clarissa Shields right now is she doesn't have an opponent. That's, that's like, there is no, it's hard for her to draw because nobody thinks they can. she'll be beat. So being a black woman is a hard draw in itself. But it was like with Serena Williams, for instance. She had foils. She had Sharapova. Like, she ran through. She had her own sister. She ran through everybody. But she's always had somebody that you wanted to see her beat. Clarissa Shields has pretty much beat everybody that's out there. So without a, a foil, without a, another woman, preferably a white woman because that's how America functions, who can fight, that you bring these two together and have a super fight, it's going to be hard for Clarissa Shields to be a major draw. She is... Like, it's the opposite of Ronda Rousey because Ronda was dominating the competition when she came into the UFC, but she was doing it in record time. So it became less about the opponent and more about how quickly she was finishing her opponents with the exception of Misha Tate because Misha Tate was her foil. That's where it all really started. Mm -hmm. With Clarissa, she's not knocking people out in the first round because we just went over those reasons, not enough time, gloves are too small, blah, blah, blah. And there's nobody out there that we're looking at and going, man, she gave Clarissa some stiff competition. Nobody. So that's why that's why the money's kinda not there right now. They should be getting paid more. Period. But that's kind of why she's looking at the MMA thing. Here's my my take on the MMA thing. Do I think that she should do it? Not necessarily. I feel like she kinda has to do it. And you mentioned um her being young. I think the issue is like Going into a fight with Amanda Nunez immediately is a fucking terrible idea. I would like to see Clarissa Shields fight regional somebody's. Or some, not even regionals, maybe get signed to the UFC, kind of like CM Punk did, and get a lot of money to fight like a can, but at least test to (laughs) figure out where you're at. Because, I mean, you really don't know. You know, they're like, she's training with John Jones. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Hot Cheetos, car accidents, and pregnant women? I don't know what that means because John Jones isn't (laughs) a trainer. He's not.
1: Yeah, I'd be more impressed if she was training with Jackson Wink.
2: Like. That, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, that, John Jones, I, like what does that mean to me? That means nothing. Like, training with somebody who is an active fighter, who never dealt with anybody who's learning MMA, doesn't make that person great. It doesn't mean anything. Like, going to spar with Floyd Mayweather, if he's not teaching you anything, what's the point? So, But I feel like she's kind of has to do this so she can make some more money and build her name. And, and she's young, so she's also looking at it like, well, I have time to do something else. Because I can only fight so many times a year. When I fight, it's kind of easy, and I need another challenge in my life. So MMA is it. I just would like to see her get signed to like the UFC, Bellator, whoever, and take on like a few opponents that don't have like great. I mean, because Holly Holmes did it with strictly kickboxing, and then she as she went along, she learned takedown defense. So go against a few strikers, and then eventually work your way into some wrestlers and stuff like that. But fighting Amanda Nunes is a horrible idea. Because Amanda's just going to take her down and choke her out.
1: Yeah, no, that's bad. If she fights Amanda, it has to be in boxing right now.
2: Yeah, and Amanda don't want to Straight on do boxing
1: that. match, take the cash grab, get out of here. If there is a crash grab, honestly, Dana doesn't have too many options with for boxing. Why not put that on? Because, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's because
2: Amanda doesn't see any reason for it. Unless it's like a whole lot of money. So just pay her the money if that's what she wants.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. There's, again, not too many other options. So you might as well go that direction and see what you can get. But in Strictly MMA, if she wants to do that, I'd like to just see her build the right way. She's young enough. She doesn't have to rush it. If boxing, if you've accomplished all you can accomplish, and you've done it at 25, 26 years old, and you say, okay, now I'm done. I'm going to be an MMA fighter. By the time you're 29, you have three years of MMA under your belt. You can probably be in Bellator. Uh, You probably won a million dollars in PFL by now. Or you're testing your hand in the UFC. Yeah. So that's by 29, that's five years away. That's nothing. So I I think she could, but the key is is to not get CM punked. Is to not rush into something, get your lights put out, and then that's it. You never get another go. Like yeah. the slow build would be the right way, but it's a damn shame she has to even think about MMA, because she's not making enough or being active enough in boxing. Crazy to think about. Um, let's get back to the boxing tip. Other fights this weekend. Um, Mungia won. He moved up 160. What do you think of his performance?
2: Um. Oh man. So Jaime Munguia, who almost got beat by Dennis Hogan two fights ago, beat Patrick Aladio at a fight that I was at for Mexican Independence Day, had another fight under the own, which I had no interest in going to because I didn't care, um, fought Spike O'Sullivan, who, if I remember correctly, was... Oh, who crushed him? Triple G? I'm not even looking right now. But I know, I know Spike O'Sullivan. He looks like Von Kaiser from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out with a baldy. <laughs> um, and, I mean, look, man, I knew my, we all knew Munguia was going to win, but he got hit with some shots. And I'm not saying the fight lasted longer than it should have. I'm saying that Munguia is clearly very young. And the things that worked, he got away from because he's not disciplined enough yet. He's got Eric Morales as his trainer. But from the outset, it was clear. Munguia, if you stick to the jab, you're going to destroy this guy. And then, yep. it, like, in, in every round, he started winging punches and let Spike counter him and let, get back into the fight. Munguia's fun. I said this I said this a while ago. is fun, but Golden Boy might have to cash out on him sooner than later because I think another Dennis Hogan's gonna come around and upset the Apple cart. I think somebody's gonna beat him, and it's not gonna be the person you want to beat him to make a bunch of money. You might have to feed him to a triple G. And maybe it'll make yeah. him better, maybe it'll ruin his career. But I don't see the ceiling being very high for
1: Jaime Mungia. So you look at it, his last loss was David Lemieux. Got uh, for not Mungia, but for O'Sullivan. David Lemieux knocked him out f- first round. Yeah. So it's like, all right. Mungia took a little while longer, but got the job done. But I agree with you. It wasn't the overly impressive performance I was expecting. And 160 is the real deal. There's a lot, and he called everyone under the sun out after this fight Canelo, Triple G he called out uh charlo which you don't see too often every one of the guys he called out I think beats him
2: he, there's one person he didn't call him out call out was Demetrius Andre who would pick him apart like
1: disgusting yeah because I don't think he sees that as a big fight no one sees Andrade as a big fight damn sham I, I mean
2: I, I, I've said why
1: andre'd have to start calling people out
2: andre has to start knocking people out forget calling people out <laughs> you gotta no, you,
1: it's Dude, that's easier said than done
2: It's not, because if you watch his fights, if you watch Andre fight, you see he'll hurt somebody early, and he'll, like, cruise to a decision because he doesn't take enough risks. At a certain point in your career, you got to take some risks, and he's good enough because he's schooling these cats boxing-wise, but it's like, you see him hurt somebody, then he kind of takes his foot off the gas. So, I mean, back to the thing about Mugia, it's like, I'm looking at a guy who is good, he's fun to watch, but he's not great. And he's, I don't think he's gonna get any better. And the re- and most important reason why is because there's so many holes he has defensively. And training with a guy like Eric Morales, who just went to war with guy like guys like Marco Antonio Barrera. Like, he went to war with everybody. There was not yeah. like a defensive part of Eric Morales that anybody remembers. Like, wow, he was a great you know, defensive fighter. That didn't happen. So that's the wrong guy to teach you defense. He's never probably gonna be a great defensive fighter. So again, you gotta cash out on him soon because I don't see this lasting very long. Some guy's gonna come along. It'll be some fight where he's showcased, and we're gonna go, oh man, you know, he's like a ten to one favorite, and then some shit happens and he loses. Because he should have lost to Dennis Hogan.
1: Yeah, he should've. That was that was a kind decision. Um, and then you go from McGill, who, like you said, was talented, but we may have seen what he is. To I spent the entire weekend with Xander Zayas. He is uh, now 17, but he signed at 16 to top rank and Bob Arum. And I've watched his fight since I started running the ESPN ringside account, keeping an eye on him. And then uh, I requested to go to this fight in Atlantic City because I was like, you know what? I want to kind of get a first-hand look at the kid and do a couple features like on the social platforms of him. And being around him, i think he is the real deal and it's hard to know when someone is really good at 17 but i i compare it to what i see in in baseball right you know who's going to be good at 17 18. you can tell these pro like vlad guerrero jr was pretty much a shoe in at 17 to be pretty damn good yes akuna all these guys you look at those guys we know what they were Xander Zayas, to me, is that in boxing. And I've been trying to track down 16, 17-year-old Canelo. Like, footage of it. That shit's nearly impossible.
2: Yeah. Fighting, like, exclusively in Mexico against...
1: Mexico, yeah. And backyards, probably. Yeah, like... But I saw... I found pictures. Like, three pictures. And Canelo was fighting at 140, I believe, then. And... That's huge for a guy his size when you look at some of the best prospects now. Haney, who's a bigger kid. Uh, Javante, all these guys. Teofimo they're fighting at 135, 130. Uh, Shakur, even lower than that. And they'll grow to be the 140, 147. Xander at 17 is fighting 147 and cutting to get there. This is a guy who's going to be bigger than Canelo Alvarez. He's 5'11", foot. It's a big kid, and he has natural power in his hands. So when I was looking at him, I was like, damn, this this kid is the goods. And I was like, you know what, let me ask the old man, Andreas, because you've been around the boxing scene for longer than me, by, by a good amount. When was the last time you saw like a young prospect where you're like, that's the guy? Under 20, I'm talking about. Where you just look and say, you know what, he's it.
2: Mm, that's a good question, man. Um. I mean, recently, it was David Haney uh, when he was coming up as a young dude. Uh, David oh, Benavidez. in the Mayweather
1: gym? Yeah. Yeah. I,
2: yep. David Benavidez, because he was sparring with, like, Triple G and everybody else. Those are the two that immediately come to mind, but it's, it's not a lot. Um, sidebar, did you meet Peter Khan? I did. That's my guy.
1: Oh, Peter's mad Oh, cool. well, Peter's around, obviously, managing him.
2: Yeah, yeah. Peter, Peter's a really good guy. He told me about um, Xander... Pff, like two about a year and a half ago. Um Me and Peter have been working really close. We're just we're just really good friends. Um yeah, he hooked me with like WWE tickets because he knows guys at WWE. Like we have a history. And he had told me because he also manages Dennis Hogan. He signed yep. this kid and he said uh he was like Andreas, I need you to see this kid fight. And he was like, he's 17, no, he's 16 at the time. He's getting ready to sign the top rank. And he, like he sent me like a video and I was like, yo this kid can fight and (laughs) it's one of those things where you see it like it's very like you said it's very similar to baseball when there's certain aspects of the fight game where a fighter is mature well beyond their age Devin Haney has that those attributes Xander has those attributes as well like it's not power it's not like speed it's not like athletic ability it's a mind it's like a boxing mind and he's got that man I can't remember too many cats that are like that so he's definitely one to watch like, I think people yeah, need to be around.
1: He's going to be a big dude. That's the difference that really stands out. Because, you know, even Devin Haney, he was like, I'm so used to seeing guys start at like, you know, 130, 135, work their way up and wait, you know, get their grown man bodies. Xander's bigger. Xander was chilling with Terrence Crawford on Friday. Crawford's showing love at the weigh ins and everything. They're chopping it up. Xander's like four inches taller than Crawford. Yeah. Towering over the 147 pound champion and they're in the same division right now. It's crazy. Crazy. He has to be Errol Spence size already. Yeah. And it's like, yo, where does this kid end up? I I was trying to think like, maybe Andre Ward size? And I got to ask That's Andre awesome. Ward like, yo, were you his size when you were, uh, next time I see Andre in a couple weeks, like, yo, were you his size? Because you look at it, and this kid's going to be a monster at those heavier weights. So, yeah, chilling with him. His family, super down to earth. They're from Puerto Rico. Um, we chopped it up because they got family out there still. Obviously, the earthquakes hit. Uh, we were talking about my grandma who was there. Who was out power for like a day and a half. It's always something in Puerto Rico, man. Always something. So, uh... Yeah, I swear. So, we are chopping it up. Talking about my grandma. Um and she's like already in love with him she loves every puerto rican fighter as i've said countless times so we're doing that over the weekend so they're super cool people but this is definitely a kid to watch and then it made me think about some of the other young fighters uh you know Teofimo lopez haney shakur ryan garcia they're all so young are we in a time in boxing where they're rushing these kids too fast because I was talking to my dad about this, and I was like, I don't remember. I was like Floyd was talented at 15, 16. Obviously, Olympics and all that stuff. But I don't remember Floyd being rushed into a fight like Dio Fimo's rushed into this next fight. Like 21 winning a lightweight title. Okay, you're going against the number one pound-for-pound pound guy in the world in Loma Chango. Like Floyd wasn't doing that. This wasn't happening in boxing. Manny, Manny was washing people, but he wasn't doing this till what twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah. So
2: I mean, the immediate guys that come to mind of all time is Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was wrecking people and was a champion at twenty one. Yeah. And he and it, when we talk about like most of the younger guys are small. He wasn't. He was a heavyweight. <laughs> beating yeah. the brakes off of people. So I think there's an, there's an interesting crowd. I think because there is so much boxing available of fans now that you get to see all the young talent. And the young talent has opportunity to showcase their abilities on television become known. Because if this was like 2000 and all you had was like HBO and Showtime boxing and there was no Tuesday Night Fights, which USA used to have, and if there's none of that, you wouldn't have seen a lot of these guys. Like, it just wouldn't, there wasn't enough real estate to showcase their ability. But now, you know, The Zone, ESPN, Showtime, Fox, um, unfortunately, HBO is no longer. But it's like, there is so much boxing that you can see all these guys. And I don't think they're rushing them along. I think it's, it's kind of similar to baseball where I, I can't remember a time. Well, obviously, look at a guy like Mike Trout. I can't remember a time where there was so many under 25 guys playing at this level. You have guys like Trout, Acuna. Um, I mean, you got dudes like Cody Bellinger. I mean, you got. there's so many guys in like the MVP race that are under 25. So I think the game is just changing. and Some of these guys are just coming up a little bit faster. And they're being tested. They're going to gyms. They're sparring with some of the greats. Bigger fighters, stronger fighters, seasoned fighters. And they're getting their opportunities. So I think it's just a fun time. And I, I personally, I don't believe in most cases that fighters are being rushed along. I believe if you're good enough, fight the fucking guy. Some cases you just might not be good enough. And I'm speaking directly about Deontay Wilder because he fought tomato cans for 40 fights because he, <laughs> he, he started boxing late. So they couldn't put yeah. him in there tough. They had, you know, they had to work their way through. But if, if you're ready, you're ready. Go fight. And if you're not ready and you lose because being undefeated is overrated because not everybody goes through undefeated. Everybody's not Floyd. You come out like Canelo. If you're strong minded, you take that L and then you'd be like, well, shit, I'm better now.
1: Nah, that's true. I mean, well, eventually also they're going to bump each other off. Yeah, it's, like, it's sooner or later, happen. like, they're everyone's going to hand everyone an L. Like, the days of Leonard and, you know, Hagler, Hearns, all that stuff. It, it's just the natural pecking order of boxing when you have competition. Yeah. Like, someone's going to catch you on the off day or Styles make fights. It's a saying for a reason. I just couldn't remember a time where we might actually see ryan garcia versus devin haney when they're 23 and not 29 not 32 like Bud and arrow like could you imagine Bud and arrow fighting i don't know i mean obviously they were a little bit different weight but fighting at 23 24 years old no i can't like it's so crazy but we we're in an age where we might see that now where these guys have been champions at 21 and 22 and they have to fight each other at 25 26. it's, it's, a whole it's, it's, it's crazy to think about so I was like man boxing's uh trending in in a, a good direction it's just it's changing so much and kids are so advanced so much earlier and the competition is so much younger. so it's it's a exciting time to watch in boxing before we get out of here the last fight of the weekend uh, was the main event in Atlantic City Josh Hart defending the honor of Bernard Hopkins came out Bernard Hopkins executioner face mask he had Meek Mill playing over the loudspeaker everyone's hype the Philly people are brawling in the stands and shit everyone's hype and Hart goes out there and gets Mollywalked by Joe Smith
2: yeah first of all you disrespected the man cause you called him Josh Hart he's not, he's not he doesn't play for the Pelicans
1: oh shit my bad
2: <laughs>
1: Jesse but he
2: Jesse, but he probably fought like, he fought like a Josh Hart dog I
1: watched this fight. Wrong
2: sport, Jesse Hart. I'm I'm watching this fight. I've seen Jesse Hart fight numerous times. And him moving up in weight seemed like to a lot of people the right decision to make. But he's very lean. He's got like a Deontay Wilder-ish frame where he's very lean and kind of toned up. But what was he doing out there? The footwork was terrible. I don't know what the strategy was. Like, Joe Smith Jr. is not like the most skilled boxer, but he comes to fight every fight. Every fight, Joe Smith Jr. comes to fight. And Hart was on his bicycle from the opening bell, wasn't setting his feet to throw. He just looked terrible. And, when, you know, when you're looking at the rest of the, the light heavyweight division, Joe Smith Jr. should get a fight. He'll probably get washed by somebody better than him, but he'll make it a good fight. He's a guy who will continue to get fights. I don't know what you do with Jesse Hart. He looked terrible. And the judge who gave, gave him the, uh, what, did he get? what was it, 96, 94, 95, 95? Yeah. Oh, my After God. After getting knocked down? What?
1: What? what? <laughs> Y'all, that's so criminal. Uh. Y'all, <laughs> split decision. People are like what? I was like, I don't know, man. I wasn't watching that fight. I, don't, I can't even explain it. No,
2: I, was, I, was, I was said somebody has to wake me up because clearly I was sleep during the rounds that he won. Because I ain't seen, I ain't seen, and now not a merry round that he won. He looked terrible.
1: It was not good. He spent way too much time thinking about the entrance. <laughs> Not enough time thinking about the fight. Oh, so, yeah. Nah, that was uh, the last boxing fight of the week. And next week, we have more boxing. There's an ESPN card somewhere like mm-hmm. near Buffalo, New York. But uh, I'm going to watch it just because uh, Felix Verdejo is on that card.
2: Wow. Remember that guy?
1: And he, <laughs> once uh, prospect of the year, I think 2015, the motorcycle accident like really hurt him. But then he got knocked out in New York by a journeyman. And it's all bad. But he switched camps, switched trainers. Still young. Let's see if he can show something um, in this return. So, I'm watching that. Plus, he's Puerto Rican and my grandma loves him. Blah, blah, blah. So, I have to watch this fight. And then, uh, I think that's it for boxing because Conor McGregor is... J-Rock fights next week. Oh, the J-Rock fight. Oh, I'll be watching that. Don't tell my employer. But I'll be be watching that next weekend as well. Uh, J-Rock in Philly. Damn, I wanted to go to that fight. Oh, well, there's too much stuff on that night. But, yeah, that's going to be good. J-Rock is in a weird place, though. And we'll talk about that next week, where I'm not sure where he goes after this.
2: Well, I mean, It doesn't that, that, seem
1: that, like Hurd is in a rush to fight him again.
2: That's my issue, yeah. We'll talk about that next week, because Jared Heard had the opportunity to fight him, and then he was just like, nah,
1: I'm not ready for that. So Yeah, he's like, nah, I don't want to run that back right now. It's like, okay. <laughs> that was interesting. I was like, word? Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm like all right you don't see that every day uh but we'll talk about that next week on our boxing episode so a lot of good stuff to recap thank you guys for listening today make sure you check us out on wednesday when we bring you our mma episode and friday for our pro wrestling show where we always have a ton to talk about so again follow us on social media as well corner podcast underscore on twitter And me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on those platforms. Appreciate you guys listening. Hopefully you guys love this new format and the three shows every week. Shout out to Blue Wire, new home of the corner podcast. Until next episode, we're out. Peace.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.